Tuck, tick, tuck, tick, tuck. Episode 91. You've been waiting on it. Here we are, back from a break. Can't catch up with us. We've been moving too fast, driving down the interstate, listening to baseball, talking about baseball, being about baseball, talking about playing wiffle ball, all that fantasy baseball, your baseball, we be watching baseball, you're on baseball. Welcome back to the Interleague Podcast. Episode 91 took a couple weeks off, but it doesn't matter because you've come back to your favorite spot on the internet. All you Reddit listeners who thought, you know what, this guy on the internet really is telling the truth. This is the best podcast out there. Welcome back. To all you day one podcast listeners, welcome back. To my wife, who no longer probably listens on the daily, if you listen to this one, welcome back. Spags. Welcome back. Welcome back, bud. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, we didn't really plan it. It just worked out. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's organically. This podcast yeah, is yeah. organic. It's, you know? it's, it's very fluid. It's, feel. it's very fluid. Yeah, it's what we feel, you know. It's, yeah. It's, it's what the universe gives us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a little vacation trip with you and the wife. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, then, yeah. and then I... You know, took a little vacation with my brother. You know, not quite my wife, but you know, we're pretty, know. we're pretty close. <laughs> you guys probably shared a hotel room. So we, did we. we didn't. Well, we we stayed at you know, De Casa La Masi. Oh yeah. AKA like my my cousin's house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had our own bedrooms. Or you would have shared the same bedroom, or would you have really got your own room? Um, if we crashed at a hotel. We probably just would have gotten the same room. Like, we yeah. probably just would have had, like, a double queens, you know, whatever. Cause yeah, two rooms seems Because we're, we're some double queens, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anytime, anytime we have travel, then we've got a room. Like, typically, if it's just been the two of us, we just share a room. So why the hell not? Yeah. Neither, neither one of us are picky enough that we'll fight over, like, what we're going to watch. And... You know, we aren't like it's hotel massive. watching you're on your phone anyway no i mean nowadays most hotels at least the hotels that i stay at i mean they have smart tvs so you just like log into your netflix or disney plus or whatever it's like being at home oh. yeah. i stay in janky hotels you do or i do i must oh i, I mean i just say like you know hilton like their yeah. their line of hotels. Yeah, when we stayed in South Carolina, it wasn't like a lot of like name like big name ones, you know. So it was like this. Uh, it was like an art gallery, though. It was way too fancy for us. <laughs> way too fancy for us. But nice. They were walking around like giving out art tours and shit in the mm. hotel. And the hotel was multiple buildings, like across the street. I had val- You had to valet your car. Interesting. Yeah, no elevator to get up to our room, and our room was at the very top of our building, getting a flight of stairs. You had to walk? Yep. Jeez. Yeah, they carried my bags up, though. Twice, the guy checking in was like, you want me to carry your bags? I'm like, nah, man, I got it. He's like, it's a lot of stairs. I'm like, yeah, man, it's all good. I got it. You know, I'm not really like that. Walking across the street, one of the bellhop boys was like, oh, what room are you guys in? Told him, he's like, yeah, let me go ahead and get the bags for you. The stairs kind of suck. Well, you the second person that said it. So, yeah, here you go. Here's my bags. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. He All right. right. On it. He was right. Yep. Took it. Should have just taken it. 
always take it. It's their job to know that. Yeah. 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 That that's that's rough. I didn't know that. We hadn't really talked much. I I just recently kind of got off vacation, so I've just been chilling out here. Like today was. Yeah, I think there was like a. Work. I think like there was what like a week of work between my vacation and your vacation. Yeah. Um. And in that, well, so it was the four day week leading into the holiday weekend. And of those four days, like two of them, I spent all day in a work event. So, um, and then like Wednesday, it was really like fine tuning the things we missed during the work event. So it was like the first time we'd ever really done like this planning event. And then Thursday, it was me prepping everything to be able to hand off to my boss who was out during those four days and I was going to be out the four days coming out of the holiday weekend. <laughs> so there's like no overlap for this. Um, but we, you know, we needed to get work done in this two week period of time without us being able to communicate directly. So my time was uh, pretty well sp- spoken for during the work days. And then I. Yeah, you're always I, so busy now. Yeah, after I got off work on Thursday, it was just, you know, get dinner and me start packing. Um, and then we got up, got on the road probably like 9.30-ish on Friday. Uh, and it was about nine and a half hour drive, plus we lost an hour. So we got down there like a little after like dinner time. I think we got down there like eight, nine o'clock, something like that. Uh, did a little float trip, did some yeah, fireworks. Float trip. It was it was miserable. It was the worst experience of the whole thing. Just me and the river. We're not we're not meant to mix. I am oil, just pure Italian oil. <laughs> when it comes to float trips, I'm not meant to be on the water. Lesson learned. It was exhausting. I suck at float trips. I toughed it out. Like I got I got down the river, but man there were times that i just wanted to bail because like where we went it's like pretty commercialized um it's this little river in helen georgia and like they have like a little like bavarian village that's in the area it's like there's just restaurants and hotels and stuff that are all right there like walking distance from the river like from where you're floating um they have some hotels that are like have like balcony rooms that overlook the river and like there's people like just chilling like on the banks of the river like walked down from their hotel like they weren't actually floating they were just hanging out in the river right there yeah, so, um, yeah. so yeah so it was, it was cool cool scenery cool sights but dude like I'm too fat to float like so that like when it would get shallow like my butt was dragging so I was like alright gotta get up walk this yeah, little so bit you guys were on your own tubes. yeah yeah like every everyone was just on a regular on like a tube. tube yeah it's far better when you're on a big bigger thing and you kind of chill you still have to get off of it to walk it but like you're like you're sitting on it when you hit it so it's like you're not on the ground you like still just yeah so so we were basically just like in normal like single hoop tubes um and the the uh the center was was it was closed so it wasn't like asterox yeah but still like there's like you know like branches and shit yeah just don't see coming up yep. like yep oh i, 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 I felt them i felt them yeah. 
Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> and so, like, really, like, the biggest part was, and, like, yes, easily could say, like, oh, well, don't be fat, and it won't be a problem. And that's fair. That's on me. Uh, you know, no one to blame about me being fat but me. <laughs> but, so the issue is, like, they specifically were, like, hey, only hook two tubes together. Don't hook more than that. And no one listened. But the reason why they tell you not to hook up more than two tubes is because if you have more than two, then counterweights can get stuck and you can get hinged around rocks. So yeah. you basically just have like this chain of people now that are stuck. Well, I got stuck behind those chains of people on like three or four different occasions. And they offer you sticks that you can buy to be able to like kind of push yourself off the banks or like push yourself away from rocks or whatnot. But my cousin didn't get those because she didn't know any better. She didn't know that we would need them or how beneficial they would be. And so she was just trying to save us some money. So made sense. But there were times that like I got knocked off course or like would like yeah. veer over to areas by embankments where I'm like, man, like if I had, it's like now in order for me to be able to push off of anything, I have to wait till I'm in shallow enough water that my feet or my arms can touch while I'm in the tube. If I had the yeah. stick, I would have had like a six foot range that I could have pushed myself away from that. So that was mistake number two. But really like the nightmare was just like when I had to walk, like obviously walking in a river is never easy because all of the rocks are slick. So uh, are like, you wearing tennis shoes or no? You uh, I, no, I was in river shoes. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's so, like I had bought some river shoes. Kurt gave me the, the heads up that I yeah. probably want these. So nice. I was like, cool. Um, and they, they did their job for sure. If I wasn't in them, I would have given up because as soon as I would have stepped in the river, I would have like tore my feet up and I would be like, Nope, I'm done. Like, this yeah. isn't for me. Yeah, I'll see you guys down there. there too. So yeah, like I'll see you guys down at the end. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so like just slipping, trying to walk, like trying to finagle myself off rocks in different areas where like. I couldn't just really like hop out of the inner tube because the water was like, it was at like a fall that I'd get hung up behind people. And then I would get, you know, embarked on land and I'm like, okay, well now I don't know what to do. Cause so many people have bumped into me from behind and I couldn't go anywhere. So my inner tube just got forced over here. Um, it's like, I rolled ankles a couple times. Like I fell once and kicked like this gigantic rock. And I, my, it's like, I, messed my toe up like it's still kind of shades of purple but i was like that was painful <laughs> like i knew that was good like i smashed my my hand a couple times trying to like paddle and you know like yeah it was just i think i got down the river like 30 minutes slower than everyone else that was in my party <laughs> so like they were all waiting on me like it took me so long to get there that um my cousin like they, she she got off the river got the kids they walked back to the car which was like just a few minutes grabbed the clothes bag to change walked back to and then like walked back to where i'd get off the river and then waited like 15 minutes for me to get off the water mm. um like i was just exhausted like my arms were tired from like that was my only means of paddling to like get away from people or get around people. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, dude, it was terrible. I was like, uh, like the whole time. 
like Kurt was just like he's like you just look pissed off the whole time. I was like I was, dude. <laughs> like not not at anybody, just at the situation. Oh, and like man. and I I was in good spirits about it. Like even afterwards we went to eat. Like I made jokes the entire time like at my expense. Like I there was one guy that was like clearly videotaping me laughing as I was embarked like that I was like lodged up on this rock and like trying like struggling you know, with my big old fat body trying to, to wiggle this raft off a rock, and he's just chuckling, having a good time, and I'm like, yeah, it's probably gonna end up on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> oh, I gotta search for this. Yeah, like, I hope it makes its way to me. <clears throat> but yeah, like I just, I was like, yeah, what can I do? Like, uh, this is my life now. That's what I kept saying all the time. Like, <laughs> this is just where I live now. <laughs> I'm this one with the river. But, yeah, so it was it was cool, but float trips just aren't my thing. And uh, and again, like. I think I was talking to you and Steve about it, and I, I feel like it was more of, like, the situation. Like, it was July 4th weekend. It yeah. was in, like, a little tourist attraction spot. It's very commercialized. Um, so, like, it, it was you, pretty busy. Like, you there was a drinking, couple, you know? Yeah. I, oh, my God. If I was drinking, I would have yelled at somebody for sure. Like, I being, you know, completely sober, I came real close. Like, stealing a stick from a little kid. Just bet you don't need this. <laughs> like come at me i was like ready hmm. for it right now <laughs> so um but no, it's like it was cool and it was something that like the kids were excited about so i was just on board i was you know just trying to be a, a good member of the party um and it's fine it just it's not something that i would go back to um and really like the the bigger things that are turned off for me when you guys talk about floating is the camping yeah. Like if we just met up and like, you know, got out early, you know, floated for, and, and the float was probably only, man, we couldn't have been on that, on the river for about like an hour and a half, two hours. Like it wasn't very long at all. It was only like a little over a mile, I think. Um, so it wasn't very long at all. It was just the amount of people and getting knocked around and I getting stuck. So it's like, if I did it again, I feel like it would be a better experience a, it wouldn't be so crowded, and B, I'd have a stick, and I'd be good. Um, and we'd do it on a on a bigger one. We wouldn't have a single right tube. Right, There'd and be times where you might not even have to get off. You know? No, I feel like I would always get off if we're gonna carry the raft. I feel like I would always get off. I just well, don't want to. Yeah. I just don't want to be that guy that's gonna. Case, like, I just don't yeah. want to be that guy that's gonna make you know people pull my big old body. That's fair. <laughs> so. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to do that to me, so in turn, I, I wouldn't want to do it to anyone else. Um, but I think that that's also why, like, I would probably prefer to go, like, in a smaller tube. Like, maybe not just a single, but, like, if it was just, like, two or maybe four people, like, I, I think that that would be good. But I know, like, some people float with, like, eight people in a tube, and I was like, I don't really know that I want to be stuck with a whole bunch of people yeah. for the entirety of the day. Oh, you hang out in yours, you get on other people's, you know, you just, you know. Yeah, like, and I, and I imagine that, like, and that's the other thing is, like, this one, like, you weren't able to bring coolers. Like, oh, you know, really? Yeah, so it was much different than, like, any float trip experience I've had. Um, but like I said, it, it was it was fun. Um, the fireworks are, meh, whatever. Like, yep, they're cool. I don't know why everyone's still going home about them. Um I, it's never been like, like I was never like the kid that's like, oh, can we go to the fair and see the fireworks? Like, can we go down the arch and see the fireworks? Like I've done it, 
but yeah. I don't remember ever making a big deal about it. Like I know I our family did it. My neighbors but... to stop shooting off fireworks after things after Fourth of July in the middle of the street at nine nine o'clock. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Can you please not do that? I have like kids trying to sleep. Like, right. Like, and I and I get it. Like I I think if you I think there's a right and wrong way to go about it. I think if you are planning on it being a late night, I think as adults, like you can let your neighbors know, like, hey, this is what we're gonna be doing. You know, and then if, like, you and Kelly want to make the decision to, like, go stay somewhere else for the night or, you know, get a hotel, you know, away from everything or something, like, you know, make make a night of it in another manner, you know, or just be, like, be prepared for it, you know, or whatever the case may be. Like, it, I think having that conversation is doable, like, at my cousin's, like, their subdivision it was, it's like a whole like black party situation. Like everyone in the subdivision like met up and they were just like in front of one house and shot off fireworks to probably like 10, 10 30. Yeah. Um, and I, people, you know, some people went inside earlier than that, but I, and it didn't get, it didn't get dark too much earlier than like nine o'clock. So it was like maybe like a solid hour of like it being night, night that we uh that they were firing off fireworks but i mean i didn't light anything i'm not ever worried about it like cool big thing goes bang and it's colorful like cool yeah like i'm more of like a fountain kind of guy like just low key it goes for you know maybe eight ten seconds it's not just like a you know snap of the finger and it's done <laughs> you know like they spent more time setting up you know getting these fireworks to go off than they actually went off so it, it just so it was, it was cool it was good i just sat around talking with my brother and my cousin um her husband so it, it was it was fine i got to hear some people talking with like their their southern bell accents so that was fun um and then we caught the game at truest where the cardinals got whooped up on and i crunched the numbers and between the cardinals and yankees when i see them play when i see the yankees play lifetime they're like three and seven and when i see the cardinals play outside of bush stadium they're zero and four <laughs> so i do not have a good record of traveling to see a team play horrible no yeah and of the three and seven that i am you've been at one of the games for the yankees so so maybe that was more you than me <clears throat> definitely me or kurt yeah but or you know it's just 99 banging dudes through that dude it's where that started so and it was that guy that was that guy for sure yeah it's not all us warriors fans patriots yeah. fans you know all the other teams that haven't won championships in 10 years like the yankees yep I, mean, I guess it's been it's been more recent than that for those other teams, but with the Bills, that's yeah, been a oh, been a bit for them. Saw a guy yesterday wearing a Bills hat, you know. Had to give him a go, Bills. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had uh, I had a few people with uh, go Yankees at the Braves Cardinals game because there was a few people yeah, there sure wearing Yankees gear. I'm sure they're everywhere. <laughs> I I was not wearing Yankees gear. I went 
in my uh, Baffle jersey, my uh, Bevo Area Fuzzball League. Uh, It's red. I I went, told Kurt that he was nice enough to root for the Yankees when we went to the Yankees Royals so I could return the favor. Root for the Cardinals. Did not not yield the same results. Um, It wasn't even a good game. Like, that's what really bummed me out. Like, we left, like, heading into the bottom of the eighth. We took out. We took off. Oh, that's (laughs) rough. That's rough. So, I was like, all right, let's beat the traffic. Because it was like an hour, 15-minute, hour-and-a-half drive back to... Gotcha. So, back to where they live from... I think it's like Cobb County, technically, is where True West is. It's not actually in Atlanta. It's like just, it's like I'm like the, in the suburbs, like outside of Atlanta. I think something like that, but it's close enough. You know, it'd be like uh, if Butch Stadium were in like St. Louis County, you know, versus downtown St. Louis. Be in St. Charles, unincorporated. <laughs> um, but no, and then we, it's like that was Tuesday. We went to that game. Um, and then Wednesday we got up, got back on the road, and then I just took Thursday and Friday off of work as well to finish up the week. Otherwise, I could have really gotten away on that trip, with just taking like two days if I wanted to go back to work on Thursday. But I was like, eh, like I don't really want to go back to work right away. I was like, and I'm not going back to work for just one day, so. I was like, I will just take these two, and I'll go back on Monday, which is today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this. So you didn't work today? Yeah, that's why you're showing offline. No, I did. Oh. Yeah, I was back at work today. Um, I think I was showing offline to probably like 10:30 because whenever I'm gonna be out of the office for an extended period of time, I just set my offline message like my team status to offline so it doesn't pick up when i just get back online um because otherwise if it just does that if i have if i get on like if i open the app on my phone by accident or whatever it shows that i am now available mm. so i was like i'll just set it to offline but then i have to remember to set it back to available uh, so it'll also happen time to time um, whenever we play D&D in person, I'll take my laptop, and so I'll, I just use my work laptop. So I'll set my teams to offline then, and sometimes I'll forget on Monday to turn it back on. Gotcha. So I was like, oh shit, I'm showing offline. Let me adjust that. You're probably the only one that manages that. No one else even looks at their status. Probably not. But, you know... I, I try to try to keep it accurate. Yeah, you know, you got statuses to keep. <clears throat> but no, talking about vacation for the month of July, I feel like that's where the Cardinals' offense has been. Hey, just you know, just on vacation. Golf course, needs a week off. They're all mad they didn't get selected for the All-Star game, so <laughs> you know, just fuck it. Yeah, so I I did my best to, to catch up on – like, so we didn't really talk through what we would what normally, you know, we would discuss like, oh, this is what we would consider like an acceptable outcome for the series. Yeah. Um, 
And I knew we talked about like being a little tougher on teams because both of our teams were doing fairly well in terms of like an acceptable percentage. And we're like, eh, like we really didn't intend on this being, you know, high 80s, you know, or high 70s, low 80s. Like, it was like, hey, like if you if you're winning like 70% of your games, if you have acceptable outcomes where you're winning series, like you should be having a pretty good season. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we might have skewed it a little too much. Um, cause when I crunched the numbers, so if they had acceptable outcomes in every one of their series, um, both teams would have like the best records in their league. Now, granted the Yankees do have the best record in their league. So I guess it wouldn't change a lot, but it's like, I feel like acceptable outcomes shouldn't be the equivalent of best record in baseball. So maybe it we skewed a little too much on the other side, but we can we can revamp it, we can discuss it, you know. But I did my best to just like go through, list out each series, what the record was, and then add up, or you know, just do the math of like if we thought this was acceptable or not. Yeah. Um. So I have those numbers. But we'll uh, we'll see. So I don't I don't know if you want to get in talking about Cardinals first. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just want me to start top of the order, you know, this time. That's... <clears throat> All right, no, so... Either way, we should be talking a lot, a lot about banging dudes when we get to the Yankees, so... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so, to be kind of split up, so the Yankees had that... Or the Yankees, the Cardinals had that weird series with Philly going on right now, where it's like a four-game series, but it's a Friday to a Monday. Um... So for for all of this and you know, for all of the purposes here, I just included the game today, which is yeah. already over, and we know the Cardinals won, so it helps out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So when we had last talked, the um. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. Where Where's this go? Um. They had, it was going into the series against Tampa Bay. So that started like June 7th. So that, that's how far this goes back. Our, it's like, there was like June 6th was the last time we recorded somewhere around there. Um, <clears throat> so it's been a minute. So just kind of running through and we'll then we'll talk like in broader spectrums because it's just too many games to break down kind of all of them with what happened um so uh cardinals were at this point in time they were 32 and 23 i think at this point yeah because they went 15 and 19 in the game since then um, and they're 47 and 42. Yeah. So whatever, whatever that is, 32 and 23 something. So nine games over 500, which is solid start to a season through your first, through the first quarter or sorry, first third of the season. If they continued that pace, finish the year, you know, 25 to 30 games over 500. That's a very good season. You know, that you're probably looking at, you know, 95 to a hundred wins. 
at that point. So, you know, very good up to this point. But, you know, strap in because it's not good news from there. <clears throat> so we, we kind of talked that we didn't know what to anticipate. Um, and it was more, more of the same, like, Hey, they're not beating the teams that they, that they should, or they're beating the team that they should, but they're not beating any competitor, like any contenders. It's like they lost three out of four of the Mets. Then they swept the pirates. Then they split two with Toronto split four with Milwaukee, but then they went in and they swept San Diego at home. And we're like, all right, like, there you go. San Diego was leading the West at the time. Big wins. And then they, yeah, because I don't think they are anymore. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't been playing very good either. Yeah, so I think they're like, yeah, I think both them and the Giants kind of dropped a little bit. Um, But so then, so we're like, all right, like, they're going to Chicago, they're playing the Cubs, they have the five games, you know, in four days. Let, let's see how it goes. And it, you know, they, they took three out of, out of five, but two of the wins were like, whew, like bullet dodge. Like, I think they won... I think they won maybe in back to like both games in extra innings. So it was like, all right, like they're finding ways to win. You know, we talked about that, but Stand now grinding, yeah, grinding at bats. Yeah. So now, but it was like, all right, like now they're getting in this little stretch where they play Boston, they play Tampa Bay, they play Milwaukee, but it's pep, like they're peppered into these series where they're playing Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, the Cubs, the Marlins. And it was like, all right, like, they can they can make a run they can do something here and that's how they wrap up June, so it starts god awful. You go to Tampa Bay and you get swept, obviously unacceptable outcome. Um, in our new standards, it would have been win that series because that's what we're all about. Acceptable outcomes are winning series. You know you can four game set on the road you can split if it's against a good team, but doesn't matter who you're playing you gotta win. You know if you're gonna be a contender, gotta win series. End of discussion. Um. So then it's like, okay, now they're playing Cincinnati. Got to take care of business. They win the first two. And then they have the blown save from Gallegos, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or no. no they, so they almost came back. Like, they let up the lead late. It was like 4-4. They let up runs in the 7th and 8th. Uh, Cardinals got two back in the ninth, Lost 7-6. to six. I was thinking that's when the Reds scored. Um, so you, you don't complete the sweep and it's something that we've talked about even with the Reds early in the season, it's a team. You got to sweep. So it's like, all right, bounce back. You took two out of three, you won the series. Now you got four against the pirates, including a double header. They win the first three, lose the game going for a sweep. It's like, all right, still acceptable outcome. Took three out of four against the team that you probably should have swept, but took three out of four it's going all right so now you, you drop you shit the bet against tampa bay now you got boston for three you go to boston for three and then you go to milwaukee for four and it's like all right like if you can just win win the series in boston and split or you know sweep and split something you can be in a good spot and so of course they lose two out of three to boston and then they manage this uh they split in Milwaukee after losing the first game and then they lost the last game and you're like, okay, again, not the end of the world, not ideal, 
you're you're not losing ground and you lost like both lost to the Red Sox were close games like they lost six to five and six to four you know when they beat Boston they won 11 to two so it's like all right here's this hit or miss type stuff again you know whatever so then they go into Chicago again or they play Chicago again but this time at home and they lose that series lose two out of three um you're like all right that's that's less than ideal these aren't the things that can happen and you worry like are things gonna unravel they have Miami coming to St. Louis and they take two out of three in another situation where they could have went for the sweep and they lost last game of the series so you're like all right we're we're struggling along like we had six games against Chicago and Miami who the Cubs are currently you know granted this is a, a week later like Miami is two games below 500 um but I think they're like seven and three in their last 10 I think they won on a stretch where they won like six or seven games in a row at one point um and the Cubs are 34 and 52 just not looking good at all probably probably won't sniff 500 again the rest of the year pretty much beating the Cardinals and a random game here and there (laughs) yeah so certainly certainly less than ideal but then that sets up where they're at currently so you went you went to philadelphia for three then you went to atlanta for four then the phillies came into town for four then you get the dodgers in town for three the reds in town for three and then the all-star break so you're like okay like we we gotta handle business with the cincinnati just beat the dodgers you know so yeah um yeah we gotta be able to (laughs) right yeah but then you play cincinnati so yeah, them, so, them why? They're obviously you know, they beat the Dodgers. Yeah, so they're yeah, they're so. clearly World Series contenders. Yep. <clears throat> but so you're so you put yourself in the situation where because you didn't handle business against the Cubs, and you you know failed to, you know you failed to sweep the Reds, you failed to sweep the Pirates, you failed to sweep the Marlins. Again, sweeps aren't easy. That that's why you know it's rare that we say like acceptable outcome is a sweep. But you, if you're if you're not going to like if you're gonna get swept by Tampa Bay if you're gonna lose a series to Boston like then you have to make up those games somewhere like those yeah. teams just picked up games on you if you're gonna if you're only gonna you know split with Milwaukee you're not gaining any ground granted you don't lose any ground but you're behind them so if that's the case like here here you go now I think when they did split I think St Louis was in front of Milwaukee. Um, but I think Milwaukee is also playing like, some of their worst baseball. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But so then they lost two out of three in Philadelphia. And they got shut out one of those games. Then they lost three out of four in Atlanta. They got shut out one of those games and scored one run in one of those games. And then with the win tonight, they split the four-game series with Philadelphia, but were shut out in each of the first two games that they lost. So... Just in, like, last week, so, like, Sunday through Saturday, the 3rd through the ninth, those seven games, the Cardinals were shut out four times. And in the yeah. other game, they scored one run. And they went one and six in those games. Um, yeah, it's a different argument when they're losing six to five, six to four. Yeah, and they're, they're not scoring runs. <laughs> yeah, and there's a stretch, like, the start. It's like 
prior to these back-to-back wins against the Phillies, who, granted, like, the win yesterday, they, they won 4-3. to three. We talked about it before we started recording. It was a bullpen start. It was not the top-notch Philly pitching that you're going to see. Games 1 and 2, it was Wheeler and Gibson, like, much better pitchings. Tonight, however, it was Nola that started, and the Cardinals did get to him. So... It's like, is that something to build on? Like, are they are they locked in? Are they going to go on a little run here where they maybe tank two out of three from the Dodgers and sweep the Reds going into the, the All-Star break? You know, and you, you find yourself kind of right back in the mix of everything. Um, you know, where they're, where they're what? They're currently four games above 500. So if they can, you know have a run like that to wrap up the season. You're talking about hitting like the 50 win mark. Um, at that point you break 50 wins and you'd be like seven, eight games over 500. And that's not terrible. You know, for the first half of the season, I get where they're a little further past that in terms of games played. But if you're, you know, if you can replicate that in the second half of the season, quote unquote, and you're 15 games over 500 at the end of the year, that's good. That's a solid year. You know, you're looking at, you know, what it would be like 88 wins, 90 wins, somewhere in that ballpark. You know, if you're in like the 15 to 20 games over 500, it's like 90 and 70. What, that's 160 games, right? So if you're like 91 and 71, 20 games yeah, over. So that's, I think we talked early, like to win this division, you're probably gonna have to win ninety-ish games, yeah, low nineties. So, so they're so they're right there, and again, like they're they're not out of the division by any means. And they're after tonight. I think, I think Milwaukee had the night off. Um, I don't know, but they're and they've currently lost two in a row. They're four and six in their last ten. Like. You know, as much crap as we talk about the Reds, like they have the best record in the NL Central over the last ten games at six and four. Um, so they're gaining ground. They've won four in a row, uh, which is you know one eighth of their games or one eighth of their wins. So they're they're on tear right now, they're killing it. Um, but yeah, it's a bad time to be playing them. That's for sure. Yeah, um, it's like the beginning of last year. Remember when they went like started like twenty and. Yeah. five or something and they yep. played the cardinals like 12 games or something <laughs> but maybe that's like but maybe that's why they started 20 and 5 it's because they played the maybe. cardinals 12 times maybe argument to me there <laughs> my i i think i texted this the other day i mean it's just gotta set up that 17 game win streak dude yeah it, it is it doesn't mean anything if you're not losing you know yeah so it it is at a point where um so the cardinals are like two and a half games out behind milwaukee and they're one game out of the wild of the, like the third wild card spot, so it's a again you find yourself where it's like you're you're chasing the Brewers, you know, or you're you're chasing the NL Central leader, but that same team is like they're essentially it's like you win the Central or you're out of the playoffs. Um, there's a little wiggle room because I guess technically Milwaukee would be one and a half games in front of Philadelphia, who has the final spot. Um, so splitting this four game series went a long way, but you still like you, you lost two out of three just last weekend. Um, so you, you know, lost four out of seven, but so one, so you talked about last year, like talking about last year that they need to go on the 17 game one streak or whatnot. 
So the big difference, so the Cardinals had their terrible June last year where they just were crap. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up real quick. Um, it's like they went, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, so they lost 17 games in the month of June. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so they went 10 and 17 in June. Um, and then it continued going into the All-Star break. Uh, so 18, 19, 20, 21, 22... 11, 12, 13, 14. So they were like 14 and 22 from the beginning of June through July, you know, like through the all-star break, which kicked back up July 16th. Um, so 12 and 22. It's not, not a great stretch by any means. Um, but that was really like the time frame that the Brewers essentially buried the Cardinals. In that same time frame. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Why is the number getting so high? Uh, that's how many wins the Brewers had in that same stretch. So if you figure they played roughly the same amount of games... Cardinals won 12 games. The Brewers won 24. That's 12 games. Hey, they gained. easy, man. <laughs> yeah. The 12, 12 games were made up in that time frame alone right there. And what I think when everything was said and done, which granted, Cardinals had their, their big 17-game winning streak. But, so when everything was said and done, the Cardinals lost the division by five games, and the Brewers made up 12 games, like built a 12-game lead in just that month and a half. So I bring that up to make this point. Let's see if I can switch back to this year. So in the month of June, um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 losses, 1, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So they went twelve and fifteen in June. Um. So not not quite as bad. Um, and there were four games that were head to head with the Cardinals that they split. Um, but they played below five hundred in that time frame. And they were playing, like, they played four against the Padres, three against the Phillies, three against the Mets, four against the Cardinals, three against the Blue Jays, two against the Rays. Pretty decent schedule. Like, they played a playoff-caliber team every week, essentially. Where then if you swap back over and you look at the Cardinals, 
so that's what we just went through was like their month of June and they played Tampa Bay, Boston and the Brewers. So they had three series against teams that are contenders and they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen losses. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So fifteen and fourteen in the month of June. So they played one game above five hundred and a month in which they played three for 11 games against a third of their games were against teams that are currently contenders Boston most like just recently. So like Boston's been playing good, like really good baseball as of late, you know, and, and even in that, like Tampa Bay and Toronto were in the wild card, but there are only a couple games over 500. The AL is just extremely lopsided with the teams that are really leading the divisions. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, like, I mean, just a little bit. Yeah, because like Seattle is also in the playoffs. They're forty-five and forty-two. It's like, like it just isn't that great. Like Cleveland's forty-two and forty-two. They're a game and a half out of the wild card. But yeah, how is Seattle still in the playoffs? It's not they lost so many games. Yeah, well, they've now won eight in a row. Yeah, I guess they're on one three. So. Um, that's how bad it is. They go on thirty days where they're losing and just win eight in a row and they're right back in it. Yes, exactly. Ooh, got yep. it. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. So, don't so the my point... guys, don't be hitting my guys, putting them on base. Hey, it's positive points. I know, but like, we could have maybe got a double. Yeah. So the so the gist of it for me is, you had a stretch where, the Brewers weren't really playing anybody. Are where the Brewers were playing tough teams and the Cardinals weren't playing anybody, and you didn't capitalize on that. And that was the difference last year, that when the Cardinals had their rough stretch where they played below 500 for an entire month, the Brewers pounced all over them and played their best baseball during that time frame. Um, even now, like, the Brewers, you know, they're they're doing the same thing for the Cardinals they played the Pirates, then the Cubs and the Pirates. They took two out of three from the Pirates, lost two out of three to the Cubs, and then lost two out of three to the Pirates. And now they go play the Twins and the Giants, you know, to wrap up the before the break, whereas the Cardinals are playing the Dodgers and the Reds. So if the, if the Cardinals can just win a series against the Dodgers and handle business against the Reds, like, they can enter the All-Star break, in first place easily. Um, which is crazy to me because I don't feel like they're a very good team, but they're sticking around. They're not, going, they're they're, not even a wild card spot right now. Yeah. They're not in the playoffs, but they could be leading their division as well. At, By at the end of come, the week. Yeah. Come all-star break. That's fair. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of the, the cardinal MO, right? Like, that's their that's their motto, that all we got to do is make it. We just need a chance. You know, that's yep. how this front office has built their team. Um, yeah, don't guess what they're doing. Just listen to them. Yeah, and I, and I don't know. I, I mean, we've discussed in great length, like, it's I think it's clear that we know 
what they need, but I, I don't know that they are willing to pull the trigger to go get it. And my worry is they're going to make the same kind of moves at the trade deadline this year that they did last year. That they're just like, ah, like we're probably not going to contend. And let's we just need, not, guys need innings. Yeah, let's not give up any of our major uh, prospects. Jack didn't work out. Hey, you know, with Jack healthy, you know, we're a totally different ball club with Jack healthy. Right. Well, it's a shame know, we, he's not we brought in Matt's. He couldn't stay healthy. Not healthy. Jack's not healthy. Dickerson sucks. Yeah, you know, we uh, we're on the last hurrah. Like, you know, we we've, we've had, we haven't gotten that much production out of our DH spot. You know, we're super deep at catcher, but we had to go out and sign Austin Romine or claim Austin Romine off of waivers because we're super deep at catcher. Yeah, because the guy, if the future came up and hit a buck forty. After Smalley doesn't smash home runs and he comes up and immediately stops smashing home runs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not good. That's the other thing I felt about the Cardinals. Like they kept going through these like winds of like um, like adrenaline. Oh, yeah, cool. Yepes is getting more playing time. Oh, Brendan Donovan's getting more playing time. Oh, Nolan Gorman's getting more playing time. Oh, uh, you know, here comes Ivan Herrera. Like you can't like. You can only ride so many waves of those, you know, as like a fresh energy, you know, like you brought up like the farm system now. So like, where is your energy going to come from? Like you can't just rely on Goldschmidt and Arenado to hit every day, to score all the runs, to push the team. Like if the other guys around him don't hit, they're going to stop getting shit to hit too, because pitchers are just going to be like, cool, we'll pitch these young kids. Yeah. And that's my real fear is that like, even if you go out to trade, like, like you brought up your recent farm system, like you're really going to be like really trading for depth at this point in time, like deep depth, like how far into your farm system are you willing to go in this organization? It wasn't um, going to go that far. And I doubt they can let like, Okay, cool. You want a pitcher? Cool. We want Nolan Gorman. We want Juan Yepes. We can't have any of those. Those are starters. Like, we need all those guys, you know? So, I think it puts them in a really tough place to be buyers um, as well. You know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it will be... And like I said, it... It's in this weird state where they, I, I feel like they insist on telling you that you're, you're, we got cherry Kool-Aid. Like we're, it's cherry Kool-Aid. That's what we have. It's the, you know, arguably one of the best flavors of Kool-Aid. We can get it done. We're a contender. It just hasn't like things haven't come together, but cherry Kool-Aid is what we have. But year in and year out, at this point, like, it's just fucking strawberry Kool-Aid. It just looks red. But it's not cherry Kool-Aid. It's just strawberry Kool-Aid. Which is, you know, just notoriously more underwhelming. Far more mediocre. Yeah. There then, was a... F- oh, where, what is he? Oh, keep going, sorry. I was going to say, but it's like, I don't... We've talked about it plenty of times. And it's, you have all of this quote-unquote depth and 
they haven't been as willing to part ways with it. Not that they haven't traded anything, like, and they've made some some very, very Cardinal-friendly deals. Like, the deals for Goldschmidt and Arenado were absolute gems. Like, no doubt about it, rockstar deals for the Cardinals. Right, getting guarantees. Yeah, the corners. even even if Arenado were to opt out at this point, I it would the only thing that could sway it into the Rockies' favor is if the the youth that you gave up, which granted was pretty far down the list in terms of potential talent, yeah, you know? yeah, like if they amount to something, then maybe you lose this deal. But well worth the trade, like, and you just you lose the deal in in the sense that you didn't know Tony Losey was going to be a Cy Young winner. You know, you, you didn't yep. see it, you know, whatever. Um, I forget who the third baseman they gave up was even. Um, but he was like the fourth ranked third baseman prospect in the Cardinal organization. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like, probably the best one. <laughs> yeah. So like you, you had reason to be willing to part with these guys and you knew that it was going to be a risk that Arenado would opt out. And I get he could have opted out last year and he didn't. But that's why that's why the second other opt out was added, because he knew all along that, all right, I'll give you two years. Like, I'll come over this year and then, you know, I'll, I'll give you a second year. And he can it can be sold like sold that way. You can spin it like he wanted to give the Cardinals a chance to figure out what they had, um, knowing where they were going to be and like what the direction of the future was going to be, because there was going to be that changing of the guard. I also think that there's the possibility that he felt he would struggle in his first year um, here with the Cardinals. And he didn't want to try to go into free agency after that one year. And so he like, okay, let me settle in. Let me establish life in St. Louis and, you know, really hone in on this. Cause I, I personally think he had a down year. Like he would have been foolish to opt out. Um, you know, last after last year, I mean, he only hit 250. The 34 home runs is nice. He hit 100 RBIs, but I mean, he's he's on pace. Like he's already at 17 home runs, so he should be there again. He'll probably hit the 100 RBIs, and he's hitting 290 this year. So, like, look looks much more like himself than he did, you know, coming out of the COVID year, and then last year where things were a little oddball. And he was dealing with all the nonsense of whether he'd be traded or not. So I, I think it made sense that he was like, "Yeah, give me another year. Let me let me gamble on myself." Um, yeah, people people still think it's crazy. Um, like even on the Cardinal subreddit, you know, they're like, "He's not opting out. He's not opting out," and they definitely don't want to hear the like, "Cool." Like, all I want is one person to give me, like, the good argument of, like, why he would, like, stay here. Yeah, like, why he like, would. Are, are the fans in L.A. not any good? Because I think for the Dodgers, they turn out pretty well. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, for typical L.A. teams, like the Rams, the Lakers, that kind of things. When they're not good, you know, they're not showing up. But, like, the Dodgers are, like, not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, right. Nolan Arenado is not the the guy they're missing, you know? Right. They're not missing a guy. They have an all-star. Would you rather play for the all-star team? All 162 games. Or would you rather play for John Mosellock and the Cardinals who are like, hey, just trying to get there. You know? Right. We just need a chance. And just 
Hey, if, as long as we got Arenado on this team, we, if we get to the wild card game, we got a chance. Is that what you want your team to say? Or would you rather make the same, if not more money, to be like, any guy around you is a game changer. All of them. We develop them. We trade for them. We pay for them. We don't give a fuck. All we're trying to do is win championships. You know? I And I'd probably rather go play for the all we're going to do is win championships team. Yeah. That's, that one's and easy. If that is where your head's at and you're like, all right, like I've been an MVP. All right. I, I've made my millions. I've got my big contract. But what I don't have is that championship. Like it, it would be hard pressed. Like, and I, I get like, I mean, Pujols made the decision to leave and you could say it was for more money and that's why he left yeah. or his wife didn't like it here or whatever the case may be. But ultimately I think that Pujols felt he had a better chance at winning a ring in LA, like with the angels Correct. starting 2012 for the next 10 years than with the Cardinals. Now that didn't turn out to be accurate. The Cardinals went to more playoffs and whatnot and they, advanced to the, you know, they continue to go to like the three straight NLCSs under Matheny and they went to the world series against the Red Sox in 2013. And like the angels played like one postseason series, but on paper, hey, Mike Trout only played case. one post postseason series in his career, you know, that's, that shit's nuts. Yeah. And it, it's just, you're, you're at this, this point, where, like you said, like, if there's going to be a point in time that teams stop getting beaten by Goldschmidt and Arenado, and I feel like that is what has happened. And so when you see these teams, you know, like when, when you see them start to do that, like, it's going to take other people stepping up to get the job done. Like, there's no no doubt about it like that that that's just the way it'll have to shake out and i don't really know who that will be I mean, like you have goldschmidt hitting 335 arenado hitting just shy of 300 at 292 and donovan hitting 285 and other than that like everyone else is like just sniffing 250 you know, it's like you you don't you often don't have guys on base in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado at this point. Like if nope. you, you know, with them batting three four. And so it becomes a very easy decision that it's like, okay, well, we got Edmund and Gorman out, or Edmund and Carlson, or Donovan and Yepes, or Edmund and Donovan, or whatever. Like we retired these two guys, there's two outs with nobody on. I'm not going to give Paul Goldschmidt anything to hit and I'm not going to give Arenado anything to hit. And so if you're going to beat me, it's going to be one of those other guys hitting in that situation. And as of lately with O'Neill being hurt, and even when he wasn't, it was O'Neill or it's Dickerson or it's pool holes, you know, and granted, I, I could like Dickerson hit the home run today and sure. Like it got you a W yep. Like the Cardinals have gotten, home runs from like 16 different players on the year, but they have three guys that are in double digits. Like they don't hit a ton of home runs. Like Matt Carpenter has played something like 24 games with the Yankees, 26 games. And he has 10 home runs. 
It's not fair, dude. We get Matt Carpenter all the time in the world. You know, and he's hitting 344, so it's not like he's just only hitting home runs. Yeah. It's not very good for him, but... And and really, I feel it's owed, but it's owed to the Cardinals and the Cardinals organization as to him turning it around because they were talking about it. I was watching the Yankees-Red Sox game on Saturday, I believe is what it was, or it might have been the Sunday night game, but I think it was Saturday because only I watched the Sunday night game live. I was just paying attention to it on the website. But they were saying that... So, like, after Carpenter was released by Texas, um, he, like, continued to, like, go through this program to, like, revamp his swing and, like, kind of went back to the drawing board. But where it all started was, like, in the off season, he worked with Goldschmidt and Arenado um, doing some stuff. And then he went down to, like, southern texas and was working with matt holiday and then he went one other place i think somewhere in florida or it might have been like back out in cali and was like working with another guy like doing this like swing analysis um like they they started with like that swing analysis stuff with arenado and goldschmidt and then they like put him in touch with a guy to have like a custom bat made like, to find a bat that would be more attuned to his swing. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, everyone in the, like, everyone they mentioned explicitly was, like, in the Cardinals organization. And then they or did... they do that, like, the, a year earlier? Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's, like, and if, so if this was the off season, they just declined the option, but then didn't pick him back up. Like, if they're, like, cool, like, we're not going to pick up your options. We're not going to pay you $18 million. That doesn't mean you can't re-sign him at like hey like you're probably not going to get a ton of money but we could use you as a left-handed dh and you know the organization and you play multiple positions on the infield and you can play the outfield if you need to because the yankees have gotten him playing left field like they're sitting gallo they get carpenter in the game like you could have signed him for two million dollars that's three million dollars less than what you signed Corey dickerson for you know instead they paid like carpenter two million dollars to just not be a cardinal by declining his option yeah, so i'm not gonna just, be mad about that yeah, and it didn't it's not working out in our favor and i'm glad they helped him even afterwards but i definitely can't give the organization any flack for <laughs> not yeah for it, not just moving straight on right well so for me like i i also agree like we talked about it that like you know, we don't know what happened to him. And maybe it was Jeff Albert. Like, maybe that, that was the problem. Yeah, all we haven't talked about Jeff Albert this whole podcast yet. <laughs> but, like, when hitting problems come up on this team, like, we didn't blame Schilt. Like, we, we blame Schilt for, like, you know, not addressing it sooner, maybe. You right. know? Or maybe after philosophical differences, we can't blame Schilt for doing anything. So, you know, if the team's going to go hot and cold, like, I mean, that's reminiscent of what the Cardinals have been under Jeff Albert is mm-hmm. like, they don't seem to adjust like pitchers seem to adjust to them and it takes them a while to catch up to what pitching, how pitching is changing to the way they're hitting, you know, like nobody's like, what did uh, Tommy Edmonds said last year? Like, I just don't feel like we're, we have a good game plan going right. into games. Like we're not, we're not fast enough to make those like, Oh cool. We're not getting pitched this pitch anymore. This is the new pitch we're seeing. Um, 
no one strike zone has been very good this year. So it's not like you're just getting – I watched Aaron Judge's strike zone the other day, and it's oh, like they could just throw it to the catcher and it's yeah. a strike, you know. So yeah. it's not like you're getting overly abused in that area. It's just you're just – you're maybe even throwing too much at them or you're not th- or you're not giving them enough information. And I'd imagine with how analytical this front office wants to be that you'd be shoving information down their throat because that's how analytics works. The more I give you, the better you should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, I, I think where I fault the Cardinals organization with the Carpenter situation. And we were both big advocates of just parting ways with them. Like, got it. You got to do something. You, like send him down. Can't pay him, do you can't pay him eighteen million dollars anymore. Right. Like you, know? you, you gotta do I something. was cool dropping him, making a yep. baseball decision. Yes. Like my boy over the Mets is doing. <laughs> making baseball decisions. Who cares if Robinson gonna place for the for the Atlanta Braves? Who cares if the Atlanta Braves all they do is and pick up veterans and win rings? Yeah, that's another thing. You are struggling with <laughs> your left handed DH. You have Nolan Gorman committing error <laughs> night in and night out at second base. And you could go pick up Robinson Cano for league minimum. Like they, <laughs> let the Braves, the Braves traded for him for cash considerations. They were just like, yeah, dude, like we'll just pay for him. Like yeah. we'll just buy him for him. You, it's fine. No, you already don't like him. We'll take him. Yeah, it's fine. You know, so he's on his third team now. gonna be out for a minute. So. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, like what are you like? What what do you need to have happen before you make a decision? Oh, they're getting tired, so you need to find a depth piece and just find a guy that you can pick up and when everyone gets rested and healthy, drop his ass. Like he doesn't have to be the solution. Like if he sucks, just cut him. It costs you, you know, a couple a couple thousands of dollars if you have him at league minimum for two weeks. You know, whatever. Yeah, man, you're really starting to cut into the owner's profit there, dude. It's maybe, already not, maybe. you know. Yeah, but like properly. looking looking at the yearly stats for Memphis, the only player that has like somewhat decent numbers is Alec Burleson that hasn't come up to the majors. Like, and he's hitting three thirty six, fifteen or sixteen home runs, leading the team. You know, and um, and I I want to say I think Luke and Baker was up for a little bit, but maybe not. But he's got 15 home runs, which is tied for second with Nolan Gorman, who's only played 34 games in Memphis. But like every everyone else that's having a somewhat decent year, uh, Connor Capel's up now, Gorman's up now, uh, Von Herrera's been up, uh, Yepes is up, uh, Brennan Donovan's up, um... I O'Neal was those rehab. Two are up to stay. Ro- like, dude, what are you going to do with those two? Yeah, You're keeping those up. Like Brendan Donovan's here. Like it's yeah. Like Brendan oh. Donovan's season has begun. O'Neal's a major leaguer. Romine's a major leaguer. Carlson's a major leaguer. Dickerson's a major leaguer. So it's like you you don't have anything else down there. Like you 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 got it all You're up flushed. here. Yeah, yeah you're flushed. So you're you're not getting reserve help from these guys. And that's just hitters. Like I'm pretty sure the pitchers. Like we've seen some, um, some pitchers from that area as well. Yeah, not like, as many, but definitely been seeing some pitchers. Yeah, I mean, it, looking at like the starters. So you have, 
Aviedo, Libator, and Zach Thompson that I think have all made starts at the major league level. Um, then the other predominant starters are Aaron Brooks and Connor Thomas. And I want to say I think Brooks has been up in the majors, but he pitched out of the bullpen. The Aaron Brooks? Yeah. Aaron Brooks. Yeah, but I think like Angel Rondone, I think, has been up. I know James Naley has been up. Uh, Naley might be up currently. I think he's pitching out of the bullpen. Um, he's started games in Memphis. Um, and I think like Thomas Parsons is the same way. Like has been a spot starter when guys have gotten called up, but he's another bullpen arm. Yeah, Aaron Brooks has thrown in five games. He's pitched nine innings, and he's let up eight earned runs so far this year. Yeah, and then other guys that have made starts. Uh, Verhagen, he's been up at the majors. Matz is up at the majors. He'll be up. Like, these are rehab starts that he's made. Um, Hicks, Flaherty, Woodford. Um, so it's like TJ Zook is like the other guy that they made the offseason signing, but he started five games. He's pitched 20 innings, and he's given up 25 earned runs, walked 11 guys, given up six home runs. He's got an 11.25 ERA, which is only worse than Jordan Hicks, or the only person that is only better than Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks has the worst ERA out of all pitchers that have pitched in Memphis through his five innings, given up seven runs. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you don't have – a ton down there you know like if you're looking at starters um and even like the bullpen arms like if you look at guys that are um you know that are eating a bunch of innings so let's see like zach McAllister has been up like he was another guy they signed uh brandon waldell's been up junior fernandez has been up yeah, um, Pack- yeah packy naughton's been up yep. um Cody Whitley's been up. So it's like you you're you're tapped into a lot of guys. Like it's really it's like Connor <laughs> Thomas and Thomas Parsons. So yeah, Connor Saint Thomas Memphis Parsons. Redbirds. Yeah. Um that you haven't that you haven't called on and they're first and second and in innings pitched and like the number of innings pitched for the Redbirds. So it's you you've tapped in pretty significantly. So I've feel like you should have a good idea of what you have and it is in my opinion like it's as simple as like you know like we've always talked about that you're just trying to upgrade from from by turning quantity into quality so yep like you you might have to give up an extra guy and granted the trade looks bad now because Matas is hurt but whenever Molina went down and you're like, okay, well, Kisner hasn't been the answer. Let's go with Herrera. Okay, this isn't the answer. So Flaherty's hurt. Mass is hurt. You're making bullpen starts. Hicks is hurt. You know, you have Wayno, Michaelis, Hudson, and a couple of question marks every time through the rotation. You know, is Andre Pallante your your solution? Probably not. So here's a team that's been on a fire sale all year long that you could easily put together a trade for Frankie Montas and Sean Murphy. And Murphy, it's not like he can't DH. 
you know, when he's not going to catch. So you can yeah, keep his bat in the lineup. Yeah, you can keep his bat in the lineup, and he can catch for you. So it's like you have a yeah. team that's a that would be a perfect trade candidate that you could have probably gotten away with, like not giving up a whole lot. Like they didn't get a whole lot for all their other guys. You know, like Mets didn't give up a ton for Bassett. Um, Pod, Padres gave up like next to nothing for Sean Mania. You know, shit. Go after Elvis Andrews too. Bring him over. You know, you need a defensive shortstop that'll do some good for you. Here you go. Send Gorman back down to Memphis. Tell him how to figure out how to fucking play defense. Like your bat's ready, but you're a liability in the field, and we don't want to have you DH. You know, maybe next year when we don't, when we're not paying, you know, seven million dollars to our DHs. You know, we'll have a spot for you. Figure it out. We're going to be back to third in case Arenado opts out. Then we'll have you play third. Otherwise, you can DH for us. Yeah, so it's like they, they answer, like they check so many boxes. Now, you know, it's a little different. Montez is hurt. So if that same thing happened, then you're you're in the same situation you're in now. But you didn't know at the time. <clears throat> Like O'Neal's hurt, Bader's hurt. I just don't know when these guys get healthy. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Like I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Um. Like I don't, I don't even know like where they're they're. At. I'm gonna look right now. So. Well, uh, Bader, I'm pretty sure still not even running, like playing baseball and doing baseball activities. And I think O'Neal got another scan on his wrist today. They were waiting some for the some of the swelling to go down, but they didn't think it was going to be anything bad. Um, but he was like making a rehab start when it started swelling it up again. So, are not really confident in that uh, medical evaluation of like it'll be fine. I mean, at this point in time, like you're so close to the All Star break, like you don't bring anyone back until after that. So, like, right, definitely not coming back any of this week. It's going to take – no one's going to be playing baseball, or well, at least no one from your team is really going to be playing baseball for, you know, five, six days. Uh, when you bring them back, like, you know, it's going to take them a week or two. Like, you know, five, but even – seven games to get going. Like, you're not in you're not in an immediate, like, oh, we're getting Tyler O'Neill back. And it wasn't like Tyler O'Neill was, like, carrying the team, like, offensively anyway. Like, right. But it, it's still a player that when he's healthy – you're going to put him on the major league roster. 100%. So right now on the active roster, they're carrying listed as outfielders. Oh, that reminds me. Carlson, Dickerson, Newt Barr, Yepes. So whoever's back first, Bader or O'Neill, Newt Barr is out. When the, when the other one comes back, who, who do you send down? Like, how do you make room? Do you, let's see, they're carrying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 12 like they're they're already at 13 pitchers so i feel like you really don't want to go less than that that leaves you eight arms in the bullpen um 13 is pretty much the normal you know you're you have to carry two catchers so it's one molina's back romine's out most likely or if molina's back and they send kisner back down to memphis to try to figure out whatever's going on with his bat but either way kisner and romine are probably what you have Maybe Herrera comes up at some point, Kisner goes down, or Romine goes down, you know, whatever. Um, 
<clears throat> but in the infield, you have Arenado, Donovan, Edmund, Goldschmidt, Gorman, Pujols, Sosa. So if you if you're adding another outfielder like O'Neill or Bader, I feel like you're hard pressed to get rid of Sosa because then it leaves you with Edmund to play shortstop and Donovan. Maybe I don't think he's really played shortstop. I don't think he has shortstop eligibility and fancy, but so you basically, then you're like, if you don't have Sosa, you're putting Edmund at shortstop night in and night out. Like that's what you're signing up for. So you're, you're clearly not sending Arenado or Goldschmidt down. You're not sending Pujols down. You're not sending Carlson down. You're not sending Yepes down. <clears throat> you know, or, or does Yepes become your odd man out at that point? You know, do you if finally Yepes cut Yepes your Dickerson? odd man out, then go trade him. Like, right. Like, do you, know, you, like, do you I'm cut I'm not going to like that option, but, like, if – yeah, like that, if one of those guys is gonna be your odd man out, then yeah, I mean, cause it's got it's got to be somebody. Like, yeah. if you're gonna add back, you know, if you're gonna add back O'Neill and Bader, you can't really afford to give up an infielder. Or, or if you do, it can't be like, unfortunately, you, you can't give up a shortstop because you only have Edmund and Sosa. So if you if you send one of them down, which it would be Sosa out of the two. To be honest, it's not going to be Edmund. You know, or it's like you could send Gorman back down, but is that what you're? Are you are you finally ready to do that? Do you, you know, can you? Is there anything he can improve on down there? Do you want to try to? His bat I mean, hasn't been bad. His strikeouts yeah. are high, but yeah, you knew and that you coming, knew that coming in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's had some pop when he was right. You've had some pop. Like, yeah, it's Jeff Albert's system down there. It's Jeff Albert's system up here. Like, what a. What is he going to learn down there from Jeff Albert's disciples that he ain't going to learn up here from Jeff Albert himself, you know? And right. and Dylan Carlson, or not and Dylan Carlson, and Paul Goldschmidt, and Nolan Arenado, and Albert Pools. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's much more beneficial at this point in time, like, just to keep him up here. All right. I mean, and, and I feel like on the pitching staff side, you have a little bit more wiggle room. Um, like, I'm trying to look to see who all is is hurt at the moment. It's like it's really it's like Verhagen's on the IL, but when he comes back, like you could probably make the argument that he goes to the minors. I thought they DFA'd him. Um, I don't know. He's just showing on the fifteen day IL, but I guess they they could have. I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeing they don't really show like news on these pages. I guess I could look at like transactions. Yeah, I don't think I'm not seeing anything like immediately, but uh, I thought um, they just DFA'd a pitcher. Uh, MLB trade Raiders. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Yeah, I'm not oh, seeing. Cool. The Dodgers are talking about trading for. Kiss. Oh, uh, Nick Whit, Nick Whitgren. Nick Whitgren. Okay, yeah. yeah. So one of them, like yeah, one of the offseason signings. Yeah, yeah, they released him. Um. Yeah, and then they it's like they've already sent like Connor Capel back down. They just brought Genesis Cabrera. They transferred going to the sixty yeah, day. They, they transferred him just so that way he could uh clear up 
a roster spot because when you're on the 60 day you don't take up a 40 man roster spot so that's why they were able to activate McFarlane to put him in the bullpen um but yeah so if you so if you're going to give a spot to Verhagen then you know like you're you that that cuts out one guy which let's see it's the guys that you know you're going to keep Cabrera, Gallegos, Helsley, Hicks, Hudson, Michaelis, Wainwright. It's like those seven you know you're going to keep. So it cuts it down to six guys that you can move. And you know you would have Mats, Flaherty, Verhagen, and possibly Reyes at some point. So of the six guys that you have out there, are you going to bump four of them? And send them back down to the minors? And was that like Fernandez, Naughton, Aviedo, Palante? Like those are the guys that go? <laughs> you know, and so it's like, all right, if that's the case, so now you have a full roster for guys that you're potentially losing next year. It It's like, Wayno, is it on the pitching staff side? Like you're not, you're not losing anybody else really. So you have maybe not even him. Yeah. yeah. So so you have you have that figured out. Um, maybe you're losing Arenado. Pretty much guarantee you're going to lose Pujols. Probably losing Molina. Dickerson's probably gone. Yeah, because this, this one year deal is what it is. But so if Molina goes, it opens up a spot for a catcher. You're probably not worried about having Romine. So figure Kisner Herrera are your one two combo for next year. And you have DH capability open. But we just talked about it. Like if you if you're healthy, then who were you sending down? Like Newt Barr is already shown that he's capable of of performing decently enough at the major league level and and that what like you're just going to bring right back up whoever else you send down you know like if you again like so say you cut out Romine you have Molina Molina retires you have Herrera boom okay fine done don't worry about Molina but Pujols Dickerson is that not just Bader and O'Neill for next year. Yeah. So you're at a point where it's like that, and that means like Newt Bar is still up, Sosa's still up. You still have Young down in the minors. So you got Fran. Fran, he just keeps hitting two twenty. Yeah. So you got you got to figure out. Yeah. So you got to figure out what's going on there. Um. But it's just like. Okay, so you have this log jam, and you're like, all right, well, maybe we assume someone's going to be hurt, so this is just what we go with, and we have this other depth. But what other depth is there? Like, you have a handful of pitchers that are back-end rotation quality. You don't really have any lights-out starters. Like, those guys are all up at the majors. You know, like, maybe Libertor develops into more maybe like Woodford develops into more, but I don't, you don't have any of the guys that bring 
the same kind of like oh oh man he he's getting called up like he's gonna make his first major league start like it was really libertor like that's where it was at like and he's been good he's been okay you know he's figuring out the majors he's had some rough outings you know you'd like to see him pitch deeper into games but you know he's got to get the control under under control So you just have like the, this forty-man roster of, you know, decent options that are pretty youthful. But just cash in and, you know, get, get like get that guy, that you know, like get yourself a, a Jose Barrios. Um, I think like you talk about like trading for Mitch Haniger all the time. I think like a Logan Gilbert and Mitch Haniger from Seattle would work out perfectly for what the Cardinals need right now. Would it take a bit to get them? Yeah, probably, but you have a bit to give. So what, you only have five major league caliber outfielders now instead of eight, but you have a power hitter that can play left field, and you brought in another starting pitcher that's young, that that has top-end rotation potential. And you yeah. see a Phillies outfielder that was pl- – I forgot what his name was, but the Cardinals apparently drafted him. He played at CDC. Yeah, Scott Verling. Was, yeah. Or yeah. Veerling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, there's another one. Dude. The Cardinals – if it's an outfielder, man, the Cardinals were involved in it. Yeah, like yeah. you're an outfielder and the Cardinals were on your radar, you're making the majors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably end up with Tampa Bay, you know, but you got, you got a good future headed towards you. But yeah, it – and I, I We're get in the that same there's probably always are spags. Yeah. Are they gonna do something meaningful or not? No. Because if they're not, we're gonna play the same baseball. The most meaningful lucky, thing we're gonna win some games. Yeah, the most but meaningful thing they could lucky. do, in my opinion, the most meaningful thing that could happen is they find out that Arenado is gonna opt out at the end of the year. Trade him. And they trade him. They got no trade clause though. Yeah. He's willing to go to the Dodgers when he was with the Rockies. For Send him to the Dodgers now. Yeah, but you know? what are the Dodgers going to give up for him knowing, like, hey, we'll just hold out. Like, oh, no, no, Brandon Belt, no. Oh, that's only one run. Was that not a home run? That's only a double. All right, Alex Cobb's still on the hook for this loss, you know? Hell, yeah. Yeah, Travis is pitching. <laughs> Little suspect. Little suspect. I know he's gonna get the quality inning though. It kind of really sucks. I was hoping to get the quality inning, but he's gonna get it. But yeah, no, the um, I don't know. Yeah, we. I mean, we've had this podcast for like what three years now, and the theme is uh, you're not making in-season trades. Yeah, not. Not gonna or, not or it's willing to for go J. out. For J. Happ and John Lester. Yeah, not. Hey, if we accidentally make the correct decision or a good decision, it will live with that. But if we just make a move because we're a top ten salary, make sure our names on the headline. Ooh, Cardinals trade for a uh, big name ten years ago. Like mm-hmm. even ESPN Radio today was talking about Noah Syndergaard, and even even they were like. It does fit the mold of, like, big name, but, like, even with that, like, how much are they going to really want and for him? And the Cardinals aren't going to give up anything for him anyway. Yeah. It's not like he's pitching, like, that great or anything. And but, I, 
I made I made the comment. Man, it probably had to be maybe right around the time frame we went to the game. Maybe a little a little thereafter. I think it was like real late May, early June, that I made the comment that I was done with the Joey Gallo experiment, and I would very much like to see the Yankees bring in uh, Benatendi. Like, and now like there's rumor that they're in talks about it, but I also think that Benintendi would be a great fit in St. Louis. And I think that you could package together stuff to truly like, just have him be that upgrade. He's just a natural quarter outfielder. He can bat the top of your lineup and he's left-handed like checks a lot of boxes, but what Kansas city also has is a high end pitcher that you probably could get thrown into the package goes by the name of Zach Greinke. He's under a one year deal. Like, you could easily put something together for Granke and Benatendi. You know, um, all of the numerous outfielders that Houston has, that they have that sort of depth. Like, see if you can bring in, like, if you can upgrade there. Like, hey, we will get you these guys in exchange for this. Um, you know, or Texas is having a down year. You know what? What do they got? Like, are you are you talking to these guys? Um, you know, uh, Washington looks real bad. Um, I I know he's having a horrible year, but I think Patrick Corbin could be someone that you could get for a steal. That's been a top end starter that could easily slot in. Um, in Arizona, Madison Bumgarner is a guy that I've thrown around. I think the Yankees could potentially go after. That's like, hey, it just extends your rotation for right now. He can eat some starts for you, and then you can have him pitch out of the bullpen when you get healthy. You know, rather than it be Clark Schmidt or J.P. Sears making these spot starts for the Yankees, just let it be Madison Bumgarner. Um, you know, uh, on the, like, just looking at teams that are, that are clearly having down seasons that you're trying to bring in pieces. Uh, Luis Castillo in Cincinnati seems like a pretty good option for a starting pitcher. Um, like a Kyle Freeland in Colorado, you know, go, go see what they want. You know, they're 10 games below 500. Like there are like Kyle Freeland to a big deal though. Oh, did they? Yeah. I'll say like, there, there's just plenty of options that are out there for guys that you could bring in um, and try to make a, a deal. Like I think Pittsburgh, like going after like a Brian Reynolds and again, like just upgrading like, okay, here's our everyday right fielder or our everyday left fielder, you know, or if he, if he's more comfortable in right move Dylan Carlson over to left. Sure. You know, he can bat, Anywhere at the top of your lineup, one through four, he's lefty. So if you want to have Goldschmidt bat in the two-hole again, you can have Reynolds bat in the three-hole, and then you have righty-lefty-righty to break up Goldschmidt and Arenado. And you could give up, like, O'Neal, like, two pitchers, probably get him. Um, I read today that multiple teams have apparently offered for Reynolds and somebody else in the Pirates, and they've been turning them down. Yeah, probably like Mitch Keller would be another name from the Pirates that I think teams would have an interest in. 
But yeah, but I like yeah, they'll turn them down. But I bet you if you if you offer like a, you know, Juan Yepes, Paul DeYoung, two pitchers, and the Cardinals just pick up the contract for DeYoung, like they just include money, so the Pirates get DeYoung for next to nothing. Sure, like they, I I don't see why they wouldn't do it. They're not going to pay Reynolds when he hits free agency anyway. Not either uh, the new up-and-comers. Maybe. Or in all their players now. <clears throat> or at least not going to give them to the Cardinals. You know? Right. Nah. Nah, the Yankees. So they want them. They'd rather just send them to the Yankees. Yeah, but you have, like, with the, with the six teams making it now, so you have two additional teams in the playoffs. So it's two. It, so not only is it two less sellers, but you have two more buyers at the trade deadline. So if there's more people interested in buying, seemingly the price should go up. So the way you mitigate that is you buy earlier. It's like now you should be making trades now. Like treat July 20th like it's the trade deadline, not July 31st. You know, yeah, sure. I, like if you're going to do something, do it way sooner than later. You know? Right. And I actually, mean, I think. You'll ever just see where we're at in. Yeah, and I think the trade deadline is actually August 1st this year because how they do it now is if July 31st falls on a weekend, it's the Monday after. Um, so that way, like, there's not a, not a rush for people to try to do, like, business and get deals done on the weekend. Yeah, ooh, 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 you know. Yeah, because baseball is not, not profitable enough for to afford, to afford to pay people to work on the weekends. Monday through Friday job. Yeah, it's a Monday through Friday job for sure. But, so I don't know, like, I, but I said the same thing about the Yankees, like, in it, and granted, it, it seems weird to be like, oh, you should do something, you should try to improve, you're 61 and 25, why aren't you better? And it's, it's not about that, but, it, like, to me, it's, it's the, the things that aren't, that aren't happening, you know, yeah, like, you don't uh, want Joey Gallo hitting in the playoffs, that can't yeah. be an option. Like, like it, at this point in time, we're trying to not lose a game in the playoffs. Right. Like he's, you know, 205 at bats. He's hitting 166. Like, yeah. yep, he's got 10 bombs. On the year. Yeah, he's got 10 bombs. Cool. You know, 35 walks. Awesome. 92 strikeouts. What you was know. David's stat about sacrifice flies? Um, was it like one or something? Yeah, like he has like His one sacrifice fly. I don't know if it's his entire career. I think it might be like on the year or something. No, I think it was in a seven-year career. I'm going back and look for that. Uh, Alex David Travis, other oh, on a stream. How many career sacrifice flies does Joey Gallo have? He has played seven years. Two. Two yeah. sacrifice flies. Yeah, so he's not, he's not driving guys in. Yeah, so, like, where you could say with the Yankees, like, why, like, oh, you just have this best record of baseball, but, like, good teams, like, continue to make their self better. They, Yankees making a move now is making a play to continue to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, they're beating the piss out of people in the regular season, 
But when you get that guy now, too, now you're able to deal with, oh, hey, we've, I got an injury. Stanton's going to need a couple days. Hey, let me get Judge some rest. Uh, like, he got, he's so tired of hitting home runs. Like, he needs a day off. Yeah, he's been running you know, the like, bases too much. Yeah, there's so there's so much benefit. And then, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this show. Like, your, uh, your players just know you're bought in. Like, hey, we're going to win. I'm doing my job. Like, you guys are on your field doing your job. I'm up here in the front office doing my job constantly just looking at like could any could one guy like make us a little bit better at this plate obviously we have a glaring need yeah everyone on the team could agree we have this glaring need we love gallo we love him but like even he knows like bro you can just like he's the matt carpenter like why are you letting me still hit right you're just making me look bad stop sending me up there find someone else yeah i don't want the bat i don't pinch it for me i don't want a bat yeah trade me send me back to texas please like i need a beard again dude yeah i need a beard again i'll give you i'll give you 10 million dollars to send me back yeah you know so and i get there's and i get there's probably not a ton of people probably not a ton interested in them but you package him with people that they would like um, yeah, spits. Yeah, um, you know, like, um, it's like you include Gallo. You maybe include like uh, Miguel Andujar or like Esteban Floreal. Um, you throw in a young arm. Like, give up like a you know, like you don't want to give up King. You probably don't want to give up Schmidt. But throw in like a like a Domingo Herman. Like, hey, he's gotten a little bit of. You know, he's got a little bit of a major league experience. Um, what you know? What do you think? Um, you know, like uh, if there, are, I don't, I don't know, like I just, I feel like you have the pieces to be able to move some stuff. And if they, if the Gallo experiment doesn't work out, you know, then. It, they're like, cool. Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so it's not like we have to pay him long term. And he's not really making, um, uh, Ben and Tendi, um, Gallo have a trade clause. Like, can he say no to the? Uh, Warriors? no. He's he's only he hasn't even hit free agency yet. No, he's only like five years. Uh, in the league. And yeah, so Ben Attendee is also a free agent at the end of the year. So you're, uh, let's see what Gallo's making this year. So they're making roughly the same amount, same money. Gallo's actually making like 2 million more. Um, they're both free agents. So you don't have to, like, you're not locked into a contract or anything like that longer. Um, Benintendi's only a year younger, so it's not like you're getting super old, you know, when doing the trade. Uh, let's see when Miguel and Duhar hits. So he's in his first year of arbitration, making 1.3 million. So you have team him world. under team control for two more years. Getting some team control. Like and it. then Domingo Herman also in his first year of arbitration eligibility. He is currently hurt, but you have him for two more years as well. So you're giving him a corner outfielder that can play and has some sort of pop right now. And Duhar can also play and has a little bit of pop. Um, he's hitting... 
where's he at? Like he's hitting 245 on the year. Only he's only played like 14 games, so this year is a bad example. Let me I'm gonna click into his stats real quick. Um. So yeah, on the in his career, played just under 900 regular season games, 34 home runs, 276 career hitter, has 118 RBIs, OPS 766. So you get him for and you have him for two more years. He's 27. So you're basically like cashing in on like okay, you have Gallo, we get Benintendi, and you have Herman and Duhar that you can take flyers on. And then the idea is that you're just willing to resign, like you resign Benintendi. And if you do that, like now you have an outfield of Benintendi, Hicks, and Judge going into next year. You have a guy that can bat at the top of your lineup naturally. So if you go with like Benintendi and LeMahieu in front of Judge, Stanton, Donaldson, you know, like your, you know, Rizzo, throw him in there somewhere. Excited Donaldson's playing third base next year for the team? So, I also think that Donaldson's a piece that they could afford to move. So, my thoughts were the Yankees could could potentially, like, go after Arenado with the Cardinals and be like, hey, like, we will trade for you. And it'll be like, hinging on, like, you not opting out or whatever and include Donaldson in the trade. And then it would just be like along with like, uh, um, you know, like, uh, Donaldson, Matt Carpenter. <laughs> that would be awesome. If it, it would, it's like, if it was like, <laughs> like Donaldson. And I think then there you would be like, okay, we'll include Donaldson. We'll include, um, like a Domingo Herman or like maybe even more like a Luis Heel, something like that. <clears throat> um, but then it would be like, uh, I think where they could really get by would be like including um, like someone from the bullpen, like uh, Wandy Peralta, Albert Abreu, um, you know, Chapman, probably not worth it if you could get him to take Chapman great um you probably don't want to give up Clay Holmes because he's going to be your closer for right now um you definitely don't want to give up Michael King but if you can you know offer like I would say like a Chad Green but he's down with Tommy John so that's not gonna do anything with the Cardinals or like uh Zach Britton I think would be a good fit but I think he's also probably gonna miss most of the year so I don't know that it helps the Cardinals now, and I don't know where their contract status is. Give us all your broke ass players. Dude. Well, not all of them, but like that's what I'm saying. Like if you could include the like a guy like that, where it's like, hey, maybe they're under contract for or team control for two more years, but they can be you know a staple in the back end of a rotation, and like you have a legitimate closer rather than uh, who we're gonna have closed this year right now. You know, like it has been for the last you know, three years. You know me, I don't like this situation. Yeah, but it's the Cardinals' curse, dude. As soon as they find a closer, he's going to be good, and then he'll not be good. And it's just, that's how they all are. Maybe. <clears throat> but I I think that 
obviously the only way the Cardinals give up Arenado is if like Arenado's like, hey, I'm probably I'm probably not back next year. Yeah, and on, and unfortunately, I think that like they the only way that he would have that conversation prior to the trade deadline is if the Cardinals fell apart. You know, like if they were ten games out of a playoff spot right now, I don't think there's any way in hell Arenado so, makes that decision currently. If, if you trade, uh, and really, I'm not that if, mad about Donaldson. I just don't like him as a person. So yeah, I always if Arenado's gone. What are you doing keeping on to uh, Paul Goldschmidt? Um, why are are you now just not also like, cool, we've never been able to rebuild through the draft because we don't, I mean, we're a a perennial contender. Even though we get extra picks every year. Yeah, we get get an extra pick, but all we do is draft pitching with that pick. You know, (laughs) just draft pitching. Pitchers and outfielders. Outfielders, pitchers and outfielders. We're not really rebuilding the whole current Our current infield is made up of two players we traded for and guys that they converted (laughs) from outfield or pitchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Mason Wynn, draft him as a pitcher. Nah, he's gonna play shortstop. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, why why are you gonna keep Goldschmidt at that? Because I mean, his stock would obviously he's probably got a no trade clause to a handful of teams. But I mean, if he's uh, one, in one too, like why are you? Shouldn't shouldn't you just be looking at letting him go? Got a couple more years left, right? Two more years. Yeah, so yeah, he's got two more years at twenty two million and he's gonna be thirty five next year, which granted he's not playing like it. Um yeah. so not that yeah, anybody matters. in the league would take but, would figure out how to make Paul Goldschmidt. Do you imagine the the Yankees with Paul Goldschmidt on first and no oh, man. It'd be, be the Dodgers. You'd, you'd actually be the Dodgers. Like you could be, be like good. holy shit, every almost and Andrew Benetton. Almost every position we could be an all star team. Yeah. On any I, given night. And don't get me wrong, like, I I don't have a problem with Rizzo. I would like his batting average to be higher. Like if yeah. he were where he was at, hit like two fifty, I feel much better about him than hitting two twenty five. But twenty two home runs, you know, walk to strikeout ratio is almost one to one. Like he he's doing fine. He plays a good defensive first base. He's been healthy. Not mad about it. He's been Donald, a good player. Yeah, Donaldson also he's hitting two twenty eight. If he was like two fifty, I would be happy with it. His power numbers aren't white there at only nine home runs um but he's played good defensively like both have been good for what we needed there are clearer there are much more apparent glaring holes um and i just don't know like like for for me the the main thing is i don't know that the yankees will invest in anything super long term on the infield because you have like Austin Wells on the way that he's probably going to be converted out of a catcher to a first baseman. You have like Anthony Volpe, um, Anthony Peraza that'll play short and third. Um, you know, you're probably only two years away from seeing Jason Dominguez. <clears throat> so I, I don't know that they'll have all these long-term solutions um, you know, IKF and Donaldson, I think, I know Donaldson's under for one more year. I don't know what. Here, this article says South Korea open to selecting MLB players of Korean descent for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Tommy Edmond, Rob 
refs Rev Snyder, yeah, Mitch White, Dane Dunning, and Riley O'Brien all on their list of players. Nice. Tommy Bryan. Tommy Evan. Yeah, you can run the Korean team. Um, yeah, so Isaiah Kanafalafa, he's um also under contract arbitration three for next year. So you have IKF and Donaldson for one more year each. So it makes the most sense that you're just like, okay, when these guy when these contracts are up, we're gonna bring up Volpe and Praza. Like that's gonna be where works like what we're shooting for. Um, I think Rizzo also signed a two year deal. Um, I'm bringing that up now. Yeah, so he signed this year and next year, and then um, there's a but there's a player opt out available after this season. So he could opt out. You know, maybe Donaldson's willing to play first base for a year. Maybe on you know we'll get Arenado anyway. Um, but if if he doesn't, so him as well. But then it would be like Austin Wells. Like you could see like. And then Glaber Torres at second base, you know, is, is likely what you'll see. Um, I don't know what they're going to do for catcher because they don't really have that piece. I think they'll re-sign Judge. You have Hicks under contract. You guys got an all-star catcher. What are you talking about? Jose Trevino is an all-star. <laughs> he, he is. I, I don't know why, but he is. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Hicks is under contract through 2026. Uh, it's a club option for 2026. So if you have him stick around, but you at least got him for three more years. So maybe that's where you see, like you see Dominguez filling in for Hicks's departure, but you'll have judge um, who will resign like a gigantic contract probably. Um, and then Stanton, they still have for five more years. So you'll be dealing with that because I don't think anyone's going to take that contract off their hands. Um, yeah, so, so I think it, it fits pretty easily that if, you know, really what you need long term is a left fielder. And I think that that's exactly what Andrew Benatendi fills. And so if you can trade for him, get rid of Gallo bring in Benatendi, re-sign Benatendi. They're like, okay, you know, the last time we got a player that was like an up-and-coming superstar for the Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox didn't win a championship for like 70 years. So maybe that'll happen again. And we kept signing all their guys after... Yeah, we kept signing all their guys after they were in their prime, like Johnny Damon and Jacoby Ellsbury, trying to, like, ha, we stole their player, and they were scrubs. Yeah, so, but if they find themselves in a situation that that's what they do, like, those are the boxes that they check. I think, you know, pitching-wise, they probably could use some updates, even though they've been as good as they have been. But I, I think that they if they could get another ace behind Cole, I think that would be amazing. Um, I don't know who that is or what that looks like right now, but that, I think that would be the only thing I could ask for. Um, And then they're just, their contracts position extremely well to be like, okay, here's the changing of the guard. Like, Donaldson and IKF for free agents. Great. Well, we've just so happened to have been developing 
two guys on the left side of the infield that have been playing together since a ball. Oh, Hicks is going to be like, we're going to have a center fielder spot open. Okay. Well, it just so happens that our top prospect is an outfielder that could play all three positions. Great. Oh, our first baseman's going to be a free agent. Cool. We'll let you go elsewhere. You know, here you go. And through all of that, like they're paying Rizzo 16 million a year. They're paying IKF like 5 million. Donaldson's making like 10 million. Gallo's making 10 million. So it just becomes real easy that now you can afford Judge's contract. And then maybe you bring in that other pitcher. You know, and so it's like, all right, we didn't add any money, but you just got way cheaper on the infield. And if Judge signs like a seven, eight year deal, by the time these these young players hit arbitration, you know, eligibility and hit free agency, you have Judge and Stanton, those contracts coming off the books. And that'll free up like $80 million a year to re-sign these guys. It's like, I have it all planned out. Let's give me the job. Whatever Judge wants, the Yankees just better give him. Yeah, it, it should be Derek Jeter all over again. Yeah. And if he decides yep. he wants to play for like another year after that, sure, let him. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I yeah, I don't see a scenario where he's in another jersey. Yeah, like they they play um, Cincinnati and Boston this week. And granted, this All-Star break's a little later than it normally is, I want to say. But the most home runs that have ever been hit prior to the All-Star game, since the All-Star game started, was 32. And Judge is at 30. And the next three games are against Cincinnati. So I feel like there's a strong possibility that he just breaks that in this series coming up. Now they're in all all the series are in New York, so he doesn't get to play in the the launching pad that is Cincinnati. But you know, you're but I just say Aaron Judge is a lock for Dinger Tuesdays. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know who's pitching tomorrow. I think it's uh like a nobody. That's pitching. Nobody knows a scene. Ashcraft. Yeah. Oh, well, Garrett Cole's pitching too, so. Yeah, so Dingers are definitely getting hit tomorrow. Some... Yeah, Dingers are definitely getting hit tomorrow. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, and then it's Mike uh, Miner and then Luis Castillo on Thursday. Yeah, Mike Miner, lefty righty matchup with his 6.63 ERA. That's going to that's gonna be it. Judge. He'll, he'll hit one tomorrow, two on Wednesday, break the record, which is currently held by Roger Maris, I'm pretty sure. I think he's going to play the song by 50 Cent. Uh, take you to the candy shop. Yeah, so, so, I'm calling, so I'm calling for it now. All right. Royals come to New York at the end of the month, 28th through the 31st. My birthday is the 31st. That series will end with Andrew Benatendi being a Yankee. If sometime prior to that or by that, like that'll be my birthday present from the Yankees to me this year. Andrew Benatendi, new left fielder for the New York Yankees. Nice. Mark it well, down. Good luck. GG's on that. Um, we talked a whole bunch about a lot of things. We're almost at two hours. So I 
feel like I can just give a quick update on like acceptable percentages and whatnot because we didn't really go through it as in-depth for the Yankees as we did the Cardinals. But basically, the Yankees had acceptable outcomes pretty much all the time. Yeah, pretty much every series, yeah, they're they, always acceptable. Yeah, it was, they took yeah, two I mean, out of three. The, I mean, Red Sox, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Took, took two out of three in Minnesota, swept the Cubs, swept the Rays, took two out of three in Toronto and in Tampa Bay, uh, split with the Astros, that was a mark against them, uh, swept the A's, they had a one-game series in Houston, they lost that game, uh, took two out of three in Cleveland, Split a two-game series with Pittsburgh. Don't even ask me how it happens because we picked them for Dinger Tuesdays and things went south. And then they split four in Boston. Yeah, weird. No, we were just a day late. And, yeah, because then they hit like we, nine home runs and scored sixteen runs the next night. Yeah, they were like, whoa, whoa, we didn't score. We didn't score at all. Wait, yeah. Um. But yeah, then they those over the weekend they split four in Boston, which is fine. Um. And the, those were two games got away from them. Um, they should have won Saturday in extra innings. Uh, but Donaldson dropped the ball. It should have been an easy double play. Couldn't make a play on it. And then they had like a 6-1 to one lead yesterday. And they pissed that away. And lost 11-6. to six. So it was a rough weekend. But Getting tired out there, you know. Yeah, just no days off. Um, yeah. But... So for the for the Cardinals, if they had been getting if they had been meeting the minimum for acceptable criteria, they'd be fifty seven and thirty two. Instead they are forty seven and forty two. But they have an acceptable outcome in sixteen out of twenty seven series, which is fifty nine percent. so not not terrible. We you know, ideally you'd like to see it a little higher. Um, and there's still five games above five hundred. And if they can finish strong going to the all star break. They could certainly be like that seven to eight games above 500, which sets them up for like that 15 range that we think should win the division. Um, Yankees, if they met minimum criteria for acceptable, they'd be 56 and 30. They are instead 61 and 25. <laughs> so they're exceeding that. Um, they've had an acceptable outcome in 23 out of 28 series, which is 82%. Um, and no surprise, they have the best record in baseball. Currently lead the Red Sox in the division by 14 and a half games, um, which just crazy to think that if they would have won these last two, um, they would at the very least be 16 games up on Tampa Bay uh, for the division, and they'd be 18 and a half games up on Boston. In the first week of July, which is just crazy yeah, to me. Um, but yeah, and then the Orioles, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Winning eight games in a row, 43 and 44 on the year. Last place in the AL East, one game below 551. One game below 500. It's a tough division, man. Orioles season, baby. Yeah. Too bad the Yankees don't play in the AL Central. Just be cake. The there. Orioles don't play. Oh yeah. yeah, man. If the Orioles were in like the NL East, it'd be crazy. They're, I mean, they're, maybe they should do their like franchise. Do yeah, their franchise would be so different <laughs> if they played in the NL East. I bet. Yeah, man. Yeah, do like they did Houston. Move them to the other side. Play some different teams, you know. And all of a sudden, they'll be good. 
perennial, you know. Yep. Perennial cheaters. World, yep. Yep. World Series contenders. You know, all stars after all stars. <clears throat> but yeah, so knocking the Astros too much. I uh, have an outfielder and three of their pitchers. You know, and last year I had three of their pitchers, and I'm sure a starter or uh, position player as well. I. Eh. Oh. Um, so just to continue to ride the nuts of the Yankees organization. So in that, in that stretch of games that we missed, they went 22 and 10 and six of those 10 losses were by two or less runs. So like by one or two runs. I just can't close them out. You guys yeah. Just, just, just terrible. Doesn't Hey, all that tells me is don't, doesn't win close games. Um, yeah. I, I wonder. Today. <laughs> um, the Yankees are 18 and 8 in one run games. I I forget when it was. I think it was during the Boston series. I saw a stat where the Yankees were like 12 and 9 in games in which their opponent scored five or more runs. Um which was like a 580 win percentage or something like that. Um, well, I actually think I shared the stat with my brother. I just don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong. Cause it was crazy. Um, yeah. So Yankees are 12 and nine when allowing five or more runs in a game. It's a 571 win percentage. The rest of the MLB had a 201 win percentage when allowing five or more runs. So they win close games, and they also win when the other team scores. Um, and that's why I think they're leading the league in scoring by quite a bit. I think like they're 20 up on LA as the closest. Um, but they also lead the league in runs allowed. So they have the most runs scored, fewest runs allowed. And yeah, and they they still have not lost ten games at home yet. They are thirty four and nine at home. Listen for the trash can bangs. Ooh, good idea. We figured out the hey, I mean, secret. If you're gonna cheat, just do it at home. No yeah, one will worry you're not about gonna it. get in trouble. So yeah, especially yeah, if you win a World nope. Series. Yeah, players aren't gonna get suspended for sure. So. Yeah. Maybe that's how I'll get my opening. They'll they'll spend Brian Cashman for a year. They'll need an interim GM. Although, could you imagine, dude, Joey Gallo's getting trash can banged and still can't <laughs> oh the ball? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Want to go see what his uh, batting average is at home? Let's see. Let's oh, it's got to be bad. I mean, it's only 166 on the year. Yeah, it's, oh, it's been 500 at home. Yeah. <laughs> that would be insane, uh, dude. If we found this out right now, that would nah, be No, he's been worse at home, dude. 143 versus 187 away. Oh man, he just hates playing in the big apple. They're banging, huh? they're banging trash cans at the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I just know how to hit here. People, uh, people are nicer. You guys, yeah, you guys did play the Rangers, and he hit one forty-three. Yeah. yeah, it's not been good. Just Andrew Benatendi plays left field for us now. It's been decided. <laughs> yeah. But cool. Oh, dude, he does might hit. He hits well. Kansas City though, he's hitting. 1,000 um, versus Kansas City. So There you go. Look at the Royals. 
Perfect. He's killing you. He's killing yeah. you. He, he loves hitting Eck Hoffman, I've heard. Uh, dude, he doesn't bat well at night games. He doesn't bat well at day games. He doesn't, he doesn't bat, bat well, well at, at all. Open stadiums. Oh, he doesn't bat well at dome stadiums. Yeah, like he bats I... the best at retractable roofs. Yeah, like... 214 batting at a retractable roof. I would make the argument <laughs> that my batting average could be where his is at, maybe. I'm definitely not going to have the power that he does. Like his nine home runs or, you know, or whatever he's got home run wise. That's however many home runs he has, he would hit like he, he would have that many more home runs than me. If I were playing the majors, like I'm definitely not getting a hold of one enough to hit home run, but, but I could like just hit them where they ain't every once in a while. You know, and he doesn't he doesn't get that many hits. You know, I, f- I figured it out, dude. He's a third inning monster, dude. That's what he, that's the problem. <laughs> you guys should only have him hit in the third inning. He does. He's he bats four twelve. He bats ninth. Inning. He bats ninth now. Yeah. We try to get yeah, him as late. Twelve. Yeah, we try to get Just him as late third, as we though. can. Yeah. Just in the third, because every the, other at the bat problem he is sucks. Or he's been three hundred in the ninth. So if you could just get him in the third or the ninth, pitch it. Pitching, yeah. yeah like, so, you know, high leverage opportunities, batting sub one hundred. Medium yeah. leverage, <laughs> medium yeah. leverage, batting on one forty one. Low leverage, batting two seventeen. Yeah, you can't find one good stat about him. No, well, you, I mean, no, you did, just, you did. Yeah. He hits really well in the third inning. When is he most dangerous? Third inning. The problem yeah, is seventeen at he, bats. He's had, he's had seven hits. One for Homer. Oh, and he hits for power. A double, a triple, a home run, four RBIs, four walks, uh, and six strikeouts. That's where the least amount of strikeouts come too. Dude, in the second inning, fifteen strikeouts. They gotta stop letting him hit in the second inning. You can't run through the offense that quick. That's right. Joey's problem. Yeah, you're so for a long time too quick. For a long time he was so he said it's like he was batting in the two hole when he first came over and he was struggling real bad. And he said that like, he likes to settle in. He doesn't like batting that early. Like he likes to be able to see. Like he prefers to bat like fifth or sixth, because um, he can get more looks at the pitcher. But they've been batting him ninth for a while now. And hey, all the looks, bro. Yeah, you it's like here you go, man. We can't have you bat any lower in the lineup. But it, the Yankees' offense so often gets going early that he might not. He might bat before the third inning. So they just gotta they gotta find that sweet spot. Like he hey. barely bats in the third inning, dude. He bats hella more times in the second inning or the fourth inning. Well, not hella more times in the fourth inning or the fifth inning. He bats double the amount of times in the second inning and the fifth inning. Yeah, because because uh, our offense cru- cruises through lineups. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. We just need we just need Matt Carpenter to let everybody like to teach Joey Gallo how to hit, dude. All right, Joey Gallo, let's see on ball counts, balls, and strikes. Does it need to be in a certain position? Count three and one, hitting a thousand. Ooh, snap. So we need to be the third inning in a low leverage situation in a, a, in a dome with a retractable in roof. In a retractable roof. <laughs> and yeah. a three one count. We Joey it. Gallo, fucking money. Hitting 308 in a one and one count, dude. Hit first pitch. Maybe he needs to do 300 on the first pitch. You know? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't need to settle in. Maybe he just needs to swing. Well, if he, de- if he doesn't pull the trigger right away, 
Like if he pulls the trigger and he swings through it, he's got to he's got to lay off those next three pitches, get that count back. So what I don't get is first pitch. He's bat. This says he's batting three hundred out of thirty at bats. Mm-hmm. He's hit the ball nine times. Mm-hmm. Swung at the first pitch. He okay. So I guess this is after he swung. So if he swung at the first pitch, he's batting two nineteen. If he took the first pitch, he's batting one nineteen. So you got to start swinging. Hey, it's got to be aggressive. You immediately, so you got to start swinging. Yeah, it's got to Joe, be aggressive. Joey Gallo, hit it up. The interleague, we got you. We'll look at some advanced <laughs> we'll work, we'll, analytics. Yeah, we'll, you know, philosophical differences, man. We got yeah, you. We got a lot of time looking at Jeff Albert's approach to things and how with, she should work. With so. my approach, he will never make another out as a New York <laughs> Yankee. Guaranteed. <laughs> with my approach. Nice. You know? I can't. I don't know what he'll do as a Royal, but he'll never make another out as a Yankee. Just saying, foolproof. You know, it's like they need to have that, uh, like the David Justice comment from uh, Moneyball. <laughs> we got <laughs> <Marcella> this year. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one, but when he's like, I I make you know fifteen million a year, and he's like. Or he's like, you pay me fifteen million a year, you're not gonna bench me. He's like, no, like I pay you two million dollars a year. He's like, the <laughs> yeah. New York Yankees paid you thirteen million dollars a year to not play for them. Like that's what they think of your game. Yeah. Someone just seems to have that conversation with Joey Gallo. Like, look, bro, be better. <laughs> uh, dude, Travis's team's gonna stop scoring points. Come on now, he's got so many negative points and he's got positive. Hey, well, he's below you. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. And Cobb's gonna get hit with the loss here, so it should be maybe hopefully yeah, getting hit with the loss here. They're still losing, so that'll be negative points for it. You know, Chris is my offense had a pretty good day today. Ah, at it, thirty-five points. I ain't never mad at an early start, especially when no my none of my pitchers went. Three of his did. Um, oh, dude, that's so rough. Dude. Three pitchers go and you nine and a half points on the day, and you're still going to take negative, what, six points for the loss? Woo! Sorry, I can't talk shit to Travis yet. We got to wait until at least Sunday at midnight when all the games are over. <laughs> yeah, and then say something. Yeah, only if we're still winning. Because my team has been known to score some points early on and then go dormant. But as of last week, we're known to kind of be dormant and then score points Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. First time that's happened this year. Um, yeah, so the other thing I haven't really taken a look at, so I'm just taking a gander now, are the power rankings, which I think are pretty normal. Cardinals, Cardinals out of the top Astros, 10. Dodgers, Mets, Braves. Cardinals are out of the top 10. They just yes. dropped out of the top 10 this week. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. they were 10th. Last week, but they dropped the 14th this week. Not no more. Who's number 10 now? I forgot. The Twins. The Twins. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it makes like, sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it looks like really the 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 big shakeups were the Cardinals dropping the four spots and the Mariners jumped four spots in the 13. Um, but like Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, Mets all stayed the same, one through four. Braves went from number six to number five. Padres went from six or from five to six. Brewers went from eight to seven. Red Sox went seven to eight. And I was like, 
Blue Jays, Twins, Rays, uh, Phillies, Mariners, Cardinals, Guardians, Giants, White Sox, like that group from like 9 to 17, they shuffled around among themselves. So I guess like that next break. So I feel like you have like four teams and then four more teams in Braves, Padres, Brewers, Red Sox. And then you have like a group of eight and that's where the Cardinals fall. I feel like you could make the argument for them to be ninth or you can make an argument for them to be 17th. So those all kind of seem like the same thing to me. It's really just like how have you played lately and Cardinals losing eight of nine in a stretch there probably didn't help that. So no, no, no. Now, the only reason you're, like, sticking around at 10 was because, like, you were playing probably above the level you should have been playing. You should have been playing in it, you know? Like, you're winning games that, like, okay, cool, look at that. They can win some games. Yeah. Oh, they can do that. And then yeah. as soon as that falls off, I mean, you're out of that top 10. Yeah, and that was MLB. Um, CBS has Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Braves, then Mets. Um, but then they have Red Sox, Brewers, Twins, Phillies, Padres. Cardinals were 11. They dropped to 14 there as well. Um, and it says, seems to be flying under the radar nationally. Plenty of people in St. Louis have noticed, but the Cardinals are in a total tailspin right now. They've lost eight of their last 11 and have gone 9-15 and 15 since building a two-and-a-half game lead in the NL Central on June 14th. And the Yankees say, I will say this, though. I don't think it'll be too long before there's a new number one. It's headed in that direction. It's just not there yet. And I guess they're talking about the Dodgers, who this is a lost to Cincinnati. A, yeah. And they said, man, this is a quiet seven game winning streak, isn't it? And then they lost to Cincinnati. Um. <laughs> man so, so i just like how what he points out for the astros um so he said as far as the astros winning three of five from the yankees that's great they did they also totally dominated that four game series in the bronx but not being able to put them away twice mattered should i really put that much weight on the three two head-to-head record when the astros are one and two against the marlins Two and four against the Blue Jays and six and six against the Mariners. I'm not gonna cherry pick. <laughs> yeah, I I like this guy that that does the power rankings for CBS. Oh, Reds climbed up another spot. They're 27th. It's the Nationals hey, in the bottom. Better. Yeah, they for the Nationals they lost nine of their last ten, have tied to A's and losses, and have the worst run differential in baseball by 13. Ooh, Jesus. They has won five games in the month of June. I could not imagine, like, sitting through that baseball. Yep. Hey, they're just trying to move, you know? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to be in Oakland. Oakland doesn't want us. Yeah, we're going to be Vegas. Yep. We're going to have all these draft picks because we're going to trade a bunch of players. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we're going to be good all of a sudden as soon as the stadium opens. As soon as we have all move. this young talent. We're going we're gonna to move back to uh, – we're going to move to a new – a new city and we're going to win a championship just like the Rams did. Yep. Yep. 
Just like the Rams did. But, cool. Well, we ran a little long, but lots to get caught up on with a month off. So, appreciate everyone sticking with us for a little longer than normal. We've definitely had longer episodes than this, though. Um, but we're back. Midsummer break's over. Um, and we'll, uh, I think, we'll probably have some All-Star stuff next week, I would imagine. Um, we'll, we'll probably record beforehand. I know we kicked around the idea of like recording during the All-Star break, but I think the Home Run Derby will be on Monday. So yeah, maybe we can just record during that. Kind of kind of talk about that as we're, we're going through some stuff with this last week. Yeah. We are pro dinger pickers, so yep, yep, yeah. So, like I said, we'll see what we can find out for uh, some fun bets that we might be able to do for the for the home run derby. But cool, yeah. Thanks for uh, bearing with us during our hiatus, and uh, I'm sure we'll definitely be back next week. Um, only a handful more episodes to go till we get to that uh, magic 100. So, yep, yep, yep. As always, thanks for stopping by, and until next time, stay cool. Peace. Bye.